Come on, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, he gave you life. He gave you help. He gave you strength. And he didn't give it to you for yourself. He gave it to you so that you would praise him. Hallelujah. We welcome our online guests and we welcome everyone in this house this morning. We are here to magnify the one and true and living God. We are here to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. From every walks of life, but he's brought us here together. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. How many know the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy? Can we stand to our feet, those who are not standing, those who are joining us online? We serve a God who does so much more than we could imagine. We know that whatever we're going through, God can turn it around. Does anybody believe that in this place this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we clap? Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. All right. Watch him turn it. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we serve a God does much more than we could ever imagine. Whatever happened, this work is turning it around right now. Watch him work. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we serve a God who does much more than we could ever imagine. Whatever, Whatever happened, it's working. Turn it around right now. You are God enough to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it. You're God enough to take what the enemy meant for evil. Oh, you got enough.
I could. Hallelujah, Jesus. Any witnesses in here that believe that this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. One time saying, the devil comes, the devil comes, still kill and destroy. The devil comes, still kill and destroy. He got no power, no, he got no power. together to the King of Kings, to the Lords of Lords, to the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. He is God Almighty, robed in flesh, and he had died and lived forevermore, because he got the keys of both death and hell and the grave, and he said, all power is given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. Let's put our hands together one more time before the presence of the Lord. God has been so good to us. He's so merciful. On this All Nations Sunday, we address the whole world today of this wonderful day, address to the whole body of Christ that we are here to honor and we are here to celebrate every person of every nationality, ethnicity, but you are most importantly a child of God because we came from him and because he came from him, we are yet his people and we are yet to worship him and we are to praise him we are to honor him because he's been so good to us can we put our hands together one more time in God's presence everyone looking so beautiful today representing whatever nation you are representing all looking good today I give God praise for everyone and we're here to just thank God for his goodness and before we pray we want to announce that we are celebrating a time of harvest a time of increase, a time of, of, of restitution. We believe that there are souls to be added to his kingdom that is yet on the way. We believe that God is positioning us. Yesterday I witnessed something so historic. I came and described it. Pastor will do it for himself. That I, I'm telling the thousands, I'm not going to say the thousands, the, the tens of thousands of people that Christ in the church is going to impact. Saints of God. I know someone would say this, but it's time to get ready. It's time to get ready. It's time to get ready. And we need to be ready for that increase. And God is going to bring our servant of the Lord, his family, Brother Dibble and Sister Dibble, wonderful friends of this church, and our pastor and his wife for many, many years since the beginning of this ministry. They have been a support. They have been just holding our hands. And even though they are in Connecticut, they will be ministering to us this week that will be on Thursday this coming Thursday and Friday at 730 7.30 Eastern Standard Time and you need to be here <laughs> you need to be here you need to be here early because I know for a fact God will continue to bless us and we're going to hear a time a word bring friends bring guests uh, invite whomever you can invite because we're here to see revival because revival is not coming revival is here we're experiencing it in this last and closing days 
And we're going to pray today on this All Nation Sunday to lift up Jesus. And we want to believe that God is going to add to his kingdom. Even if he's doing it here, he's doing it across the world. And we're going to hear great reports in the district. We're going to hear great reports across our United Pentecostal Church movement that God is doing a great work in the lives of these local assemblies in this All Nation Sunday. If you have a need, those who are watching, you'll put your comments there. We thank you for watching us, and we thank you for your participation. Let's lift our hands in God's presence, and let's pray today that God will bless us on this special day. Father, we thank you, God, because you are great. We thank you for this opportunity that we've come to your presence. This is a privilege to come into the presence of the King of Kings, to honor you, to lift you up. Lord God, this is not something that we should take lightly, but we will yet express, express a, a heart of gratitude before you. And we pray that, God, you're going to do things like never we've seen before. We believe that, God, you're going to yet fulfill expectations today. If we come expecting God to do a great thing, we will yet receive what God is yet intended for us. We believe that, God, what the canker worm and the locust tried to eat, God is going to bring the increase. God is going to bring the overflow. God is going to yet, yet pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that all sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men shall dream dreams, young men shall see visions today. We pray for healing in the heart. We pray for Brother Josh as he's in recovery from his surgery. We pray for the saints that are here, those who are yet not 100%. We pray that you would touch them in a unique and a special way. Anoint the word of God that will come forth from our pastor. I pray that you anoint them afresh. We pray your delivering power. We pray your presence upon us. And bless, oh God, in every endeavor. In Jesus' name, let us lift up a praise at the house of God. Can I hear you worship the Lord? Can we just open our mouth? Although we're clapping, let's lift up God today. Let's lift up the wonderful name of Jesus on this All Nation Sunday. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord some praise in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we put our hands together? Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together in this place? Hallelujah, Jesus. In the morning when I wake up, I will sing my praise unto you, my Lord. I will shout and dance to you, for you have been my help from now till ever. Hey, my God is good. Oh. Your money 
Oh, 
bless your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord.
Lord this morning. He's holy this morning. Hallelujah. There is none like him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. The Lord bless you. Amen. Just turn to somebody next to you and say, you look beautiful today. Hallelujah. Turn to the other person and say, you look beautiful today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We want to take this time out to greet everyone in the mighty name of Jesus. We want to welcome everyone in the house of God that is here to praise the Lord with us. Truly our God is great and is greatly to be praised. And we're here to praise him this morning, to give him glory and to give him honor because there is none like him. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Give the Lord another round of applause this morning. It's worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. Praise God. On this All Nation Sunday, I want to welcome everyone this morning. In our organization, All Nation Sunday celebrated uh, once a year. We try to invite people from all walk of life, everyone to be a part of our congregation, to worship and fellowship the Lord with, with, with us. Amen. Some, some churches have it the week before, a week after. Um, but this is day designated for All Nations Sunday. So we welcome everyone this morning. So glad everyone is here to praise and worship the Lord with us. Our online congregation will welcome you. Hopefully you're dressing your online, your All Nation Sunday outfit this morning. Amen. Pray that you're having a good time wherever you are, whatever you're doing. That the Lord is blessing you and keeping you. Amen. Amen. We're going to try to show a video this morning. Hopefully, um, I don't think we're going to be able to show the video. Amen. We we having a little issue with, with our technical uh, issues over there. So pray for us. We we need your prayers. Um, we 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 venture out, which we're a few days away from our our building that we're trying to um, purchase. Actually, it could be any day now. Um, but we 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 need your help. You know, we need your help. If you have not yet make a commitment are not able to fulfillment what fulfill whatever commitment you already made we're asking you if you already did so and you want to able to bless us with a little bit more we have space that can fit everybody everybody will be able to worship freely run around and have a good time in the lord so if you want to give to our building fund this morning or to our reach program this morning um we need some more money to uh outfit the facility so um, give if you can give a little bit more um, as we get ready to receive our offering this morning. We're going to invite everyone if you can stand with us at this time. Amen. As we get ready to uh, receive our offering this morning, our ushers are working their way down. Amen. If you want to give uh, electronically, hopefully we can get you electronic. If not, uh, you can give online. You can see our ushers. Feel free to give unto the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's stand to us one more time if you can as we pray. Father God, we love you. We honor you, Lord God. We thank you for this time of the service. Oh, hallelujah. We ask you, Lord God, to keep us and guide us, oh God. As we're about to receive the offering this morning, we ask you blessing upon every giver, Lord God. Make a way when there seems to be no way. We give you glory. We give you honor. We ask you to bless us. Bless the remaining portion of the service as we continue to glorify your name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. Bring your tithes and offer that to the Lord. Amen.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I like what I feel, and I feel what I like. Come on, somebody. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see all of you this morning. God has been good to us, and we are so thankful for his goodness and his mercy. Amen. For those that don't know that we have a good time in church, well, let them know. We have a good time in church. Amen. There's a lot of people that decide, man, living for God is boring. Well, I think you can say that about anything in life. Because if you're boring, then everything you do is going to be boring. But if you get some, some excitement in your life, then what you participate in, it will be excited. And so don't say church is boring. It's only boring if everybody come and be bored. Just sit back and, you know, but if you come in and you say, I'm here to have a good time, you're going to have a good time. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to have a good time. Ask your neighbor, are you having a good time? Hallelujah. Church is what you make it. Amen. Hallelujah. It's what you make it. Don't give it a bad name, but it's what you make it. Listen. Uh, we are on the move. Um, I did not get a chance to um, uh, tell you Thursday night, you know, depending on all the things that's going on, all the many things. But um, about eight days ago, um, the bank that decided to uh, fund us for our uh, REACH program to purchase uh, for Tennis Court, um, they wanted to, we're moving closer to closing out the deal, and they said to us, we need all the necessary information to tie it up and make sure that we are ready for closing. And they asked for a few things, and we gave them everything. And the final thing they needed was for us to show them our current bank statement, because if the bank statement does not say you have enough money in the bank, then no matter how much you supply all the other documents, it doesn't matter. And so we gave them the bank statement, and they respond back in an email. We have it written. Them saying, you have plenty of money to close on this building. And so we want to thank God for his goodness. For all of you that have given, and all of you that are still giving, and all of you that will start giving, we want to thank God for you because this is his church, you are his people, and everything that we do, we're doing to give honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have a closing date set for the 31st of this month. Um, who knows, it could be maybe by Friday of this month. Um, this doesn't do the building uh, justice. For those of you that have gone there and gone inside, you know it's a different story when you go inside. And so looking at this beautiful picture, wow, great building, nice. But when you get inside and you realize God has entrusted us with that, you will just fall to your knees and praise God. Because you're saying, God, you are entrusting us with so much. And yes, he is, because he knows what he has in store for this church. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your relatives that God has a great church that he has uh, established that will love them, that will care for them, that will be the church. Because every place you go, it's, you know, we have church behind it, but I don't know if we can say all of where we go that we consider the church is functioning, operating like the church. But I guarantee you, the name is in the church of what we do, Christ-centered church. And Christ is our central focus in this church. The pastor is not the focal attention. Somebody say amen. 
Amen. This church is all about Christ. The building is not the central focus. This church is all about Jesus Christ. And so that's what we endeavor to do is to serve the Lord, live for the Lord, and be who we ought to be in the Lord. So we're thanking God, and we will continue to thank God for what he has done. We have some guests with us today. We celebrate our All Nation Sunday service, and for all of you that have come dressed up as where you're from or where you like to be from, we are glad that you participated. Amen. Trinity is in the house this morning. Trinity, if you can just raise your hand. You can't hide Trinity in this church. We're not trying to embarrass you. We're just friendly and loving, and we like to know who you are. So when they come up to you, some others come up to you. They will say, Trinity, like they knew you a long time ago. We welcome you to Christ Center Church, Trinity. We're so glad to have you. Keith Brown. Where is Keith? Keith. Oh, Keith. Yes, Keith. Nice to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Make sure y'all love up Keith and let him know how much we're glad he's here. Amen. Glenetta Lim, if you could just raise your hand. Amen. Glenetta is like family to me, but I just haven't seen her in a long, long time. Glenetta, it's so good to have you in the house of the Lord. Did you know where you were coming this morning? Yeah? Did you know you were going to see me? Yeah? Okay. Well, it's nice to have you this morning. Amen. I don't think she's seen me since I've been saved. She, have you seen me since I've been living from the Lord? <laughs> she haven't seen me since I've been living for the Lord. <laughs> this is like a big joke. The Lord is good. Oh, my goodness. The Lord is good. I like that. She don't, she don't, she don't know me. She knew the other guy. She don't know this guy. She's wondering, okay. She's being introduced to this guy. Because the other guy, he's gone, Glenita. <laughs> he's gone. That guy is gone. That guy's dead and buried. My goodness. And my man, Craigy Waggy. Craig. I can't help myself. So, listen. My goddaughter is off the market, so I got to make a big deal about that, okay? And so, Craig, you, you're going to have to stand up. You can't just sit there. You got you to stand up. This is my grand, my goddaughter's fiance, Craig Bennett. Craig Bennett. Y'all like that now? Craig, it's so good to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen. And we thank God for you. Amen. Craig is the last born of Pastor Bennett, that pastor is in Massachusetts, and so he is a uh, PK for real, for real. <laughs> Amen, and we thank God for him, and we're glad to have him this morning in the house of the Lord. Amen. My goddaughter is smiling. Don't stop smiling. Keep smiling. She, when she took her pictures, you can tell she was making sure that hand was out there. Those, those, those um, engagement pictures, the hand was out there. We saw the ring. We saw the ring. 
Hallelujah. I love to see when people are happy and life is good. I love that. So I thank God for all of you and all of our guests. Make sure you love our guests. Let them know we're glad they're here and um, let them know how much we appreciate that the Lord sent them here. Amen. Well, I don't think I have anything else to mention. Um, Yes, Dibbles are going to be here this Thursday at 730. It's our normal Bible study night. So 730, come. We're going to do some singing easing. Amen in Jesus' name. And then Friday night, um, they will be here at 730 again. We'll do some singing again easing in Jesus' name. And then I'll give you Saturday off, and then Sunday we'll come back at our 9 a.m. service and then our 10.30 a.m. service. The Dibbles will minister at all four of our services this coming week, and we're so thankful. We love the Dibbles. Great, great man of God and a wonderful wife with him. She's a wonderful woman of God, and we look forward to having the Dibbles with us. So, amen. Invite someone out. Um, God is going to do something special, amen, in this house And we thank him for it. Well, let's stand to our feet and we're going to turn our Bibles to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Amen. You know, there's a reason why, um, there's a lot of reasons why we don't, uh, from a standpoint of, you know, majority. There's a, there's a reason why majority doesn't go to church. And one of the reasons why majority doesn't go to church is because we don't like to be told what to do. I was thinking about that this morning. I said, for those of us who are parents that have told our children what to do, or we're in any kind of leadership position that we have to tell people what to do, why don't we like to be told what to do? And many of us just kind of stay away from the house of God because we know when we get into the house of God, we might hear something that we don't want to hear. But the good news is Jesus loves you more than you love yourself and more than the people that love you the most loves you. And so whatever he tells you, it is always coming from a place of love. It is never coming from a place of of just he is angry at you or he wants to, you know, do something that's not right towards you. Everything that the Lord Jesus is saying to every one of us, it is for our good and it's because he loves us. If you can't accept being told what to do by someone that loves you, you're in a little bit of trouble. Maybe a lot of trouble. Because we need to Understand that when somebody loves us, that loves us, tell us what's good for us. We need to take it, embrace it and says, "Okay," because they love me. They're only telling me this for my good. And so I pray that all of us today will not just take the part of the message that feels good to us, that we say, yeah, I like that. And then leave the other part that I don't like. This is not a meal for the physical body. A meal for the physical body, you might eat some of it, and I don't like green beans, so I'll leave that over there. Uh, I I don't like the taste of broccoli, so I'll leave that over there. Uh, The meat is not cooked properly, so I'm just going to eat the part that's cooked properly. And so when you eat your meal, you tend to decide what you like and what you don't like, 
what is good to you and what's not good. And so you only eat what you want. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you need to eat everything that you hear here because this is the meal that God has chosen to serve you this morning. John chapter 15, verse number five says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. For without me, you can do nothing. Even though you might not be living for God. Even though you might not be praying to God, even though you might not be reading your Bible, even though you might not be going to church, he says you can do nothing without me. God's love is so impactful that even when you're not loving him, he's loving you. Even when we're not loving Jesus, he's still loving us. That's why he says, for without me, you can do nothing because he's not going to stop you from doing what he is allowing you to do because you don't love him, because you don't want to serve him. No, he says, I love you and I'm going to allow you to do what you need to do no matter what you want to do. Without me, you can do nothing. Everything we're doing is because Jesus is allowing us to do it. He breathed the breath of life into man, and we became a living soul. Everything that we're doing is because of him. Without him, we can do. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me. And my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the gathering of the body of Christ, the people of God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence that is in this place, that is in our heart. And we ask, oh God, that you will do a work, a miraculous work, a mighty work in this service today. That we will not leave, Lord Jesus, without an encounter, without a touch from you, without hearing something to set us in the course that you will have us to take. Jesus, will you anoint me and allow me to speak as your oracle and allow me to rightly divide your truth and allow me to flow in your spirit and allow me, Lord God, to declare your will in this place. Will you allow the gifts of your spirit to operate in the body of Christ that, Lord, the power of God will be revealed? Have your way today, Lord. We don't want to leave the same way we came in, but we want to leave, Lord God, with a touch from you and with a word from you and with direction from you. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic, union and communion. 
union and communion. If a non-Christian was to observe three different Christian individuals living for Christ, would that non-Christian be confused as to who he or she should be as a true Christian or is as a true Christian? Would that non-Christian be able to look on a Christian person of three and say, that's a good example. Would they know what a good Christian example would be? Would there be a life or would their life produce the same godly results? If we look at three Christian people, just random three Christian people, and we look at them, we observe them, non-Christian doing this, and they look at them, and they watch them for a while. Would all three of them life produce the same godly results? Would that non-Christian individual be able to look at that Christian individual and say, now that's the example that I need to follow? Or would they be confused? Because all three says we're Christians. How do we evaluate our life as Christians, to be sure we are living a saved life, a Christ-centered life. What can we use in the Word of God as a criteria to measure our Christian life? In everything in life, we measure it to know if it's successful or it's not successful. In everything in life, we measure to see if it's improving or it's not, if it's good or it's not. We measure everything else in life, but I believe that Christians don't like to measure their Christian walk. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if we're going to be Christians, we need to measure whether or not we're doing it the way God says we need to do it. We can't just say I'm a Christian and just quote scriptures and just go to church. But we have to live this Christian life the way Christ says we ought to live it. Someone ought to look at us randomly, any one of us, and see similarities. And see the same work of God being done in us and through us. They should not look at us and say, what in the world is that? Oh, okay. Eh, They should not look at it. Now, we have different personalities. We have different characteristics, and that's fine. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about just what we are supposed to be doing, what we represent, us as an example. When someone look at us, uh, will they see similarities in how we're living for God, or will they be confused? Which way am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to follow? The text we read gives us pretty good description as to how to live a saved Christian life. How to be an example for others to follow and how to glorify God. Of itself, a branch, somebody say branch, is weak and useless. You hear me? A branch on a tree, if it's just by itself, is weak and useless. 
it is good for either bearing or burning, but not for building. The branch cannot produce its own life. It must draw life from the vine. The sooner we as believers discover that we are but branches. Say, I'm a branch. The better we will relate to the Lord Jesus, for we will know our own weaknesses and confess our needs for his strength. Because we are just branches, and branches by itself, we can do nothing. Jesus said, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. Since the branch cannot produce on its own, it simply means whatever godliness that is manifested in our lives was derived from the vine, and the vine is Jesus Christ. There is no godliness that can manifest from your life or mine that we did it. We cannot manifest any godliness on our own. Any godliness that manifests from our life, it must come by Jesus Christ. He is the branch and he is the vine and we are the branch. What we bear, what we represent, what we show, it came from him and not us. But if there is no godliness manifesting from our lives, could it be that we're disconnected from the vine? You got to think about it clearly, church. If every godliness or any godliness that comes from our life comes by him. If there's no godliness coming from our life, what should we consider? What should we consider if there's no godliness coming from our life when godliness can only come from him? We're just the branch that carries it. It is our union and communion with Jesus Christ through the word and the spirit that makes the bearing of fruit possible. Many of the instances of Christ and the believer that is given in scripture emphasizes this important concept of union and communion. For instance, Christ being the head and we being the body, union and communion. Christ being the bridegroom and we being the bride, union and communion. Christ being the shepherd and we being the sheep, these are all instances of union and communion. Union and communion is what this thing is supposed to be about. Not what we think, not what we want. Union and communion. The marriage creates the union, but it takes daily love and devotion to maintain the communion. Hear that, Brother Craig? The marriage creates the union. It's one thing to create the union. It's a whole different ballgame to maintain the union. The marriage is the easy part. The communion is the hard part. Uh huh. It might take a couple hours to get married. It takes a lifetime 
to have communion. Union and communion is what our relationship must be when we're living for Jesus Christ. Repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, it creates the union. Listen to me, somebody. We can all get into union with Christ. The Spirit of God can move on you today, and you can give yourself to God, not just by saying words, but just saying, Lord, I'm ready to give my life to you. And when you're ready to give your life to Christ, what we're going to tell you, according to the Scripture, is repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. You will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But that's only the union. Too often, many people, they repent of their sins. They get baptized in Jesus' name. God filled them with his spirit, and they stop right there. They think that now they're good to go. They have their passport to heaven. But I'm here to tell you, that's just the union. We must commune with him to get to heaven. Union and communion. Not just union and not just communion. There are people that are Christians that are just doing communion. And they didn't get that part right either. Because communion for a lot of people is, I tell him what to do and he do what I want. Can you imagine telling your parents what they need to do? Man, back in the day they slap you and teeth come out your mouth. Back in the day they hit you with a pot. Back in the day they throw something at you. You try to tell them something to do. Box in your moat. You can't be doing that. Nobody can tell their parents what to do. So why are we supposed to have communion with Jesus and we're acting like we tell him what to do? That's not communion. Communion is back and forth. We ask questions. We collaborate. We talk. We know that he knows all things. And so we go to him like he knows all things. You're a fool when you get around people that you know that's way smarter than you and you're going to go tell them something. You're being a fool. I've been around many great men of God and when I get around them, all I do is listen and ask questions. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say when I get around certain men of God. I just listen and I ask questions. I have nothing to say. I want to know what they know. And it's a crazy person that get around someone that is way successful and very good at what they do. And it's obvious. And you're going there to go tell them something. But we do it to Jesus. We do it to Jesus and we call that communion. <laughs> we read our Bibles just to go show where we can go, you know, be, you know, brighter than someone else. We read our Bible just to let people know we know a little bit more than them. That's not communion. We come to church and we sit and we don't worship God. That's not communion, but we think that we, we went to the house of God, so that's communion. No, communion is interaction with the king of kings. Communion is dialogue. Communion is worship. Communion is you interacting with the king. That's communion. Communion is not just how you want it to be. And when God don't do what you want, you get mad and frustrated and leave the church. The shepherd brings the sheep into the flock, 
but the sheep must follow the shepherd in order to have fellowship, in order to have protection, in order to have provision. If we want the provision of the Lord, we need to have fellowship, communion. We need the Lord to protect us, but we can only have his protection if we follow him. We can only receive his provision if we follow him. We want God to do all these great things, but we don't want to follow him. We don't want to have communion. We don't want to have communion. <laughs> Can I step on a couple guys' toes? This, this for the men. Man. Married man. Man that's about to get married. Man. You can't get married and only want her cooking, but you don't want to have communion. You can't just get married and only want to wrap up with her in the bed, but you don't want to have communion. I know sometimes we're different. Women and men different. And man, usually when you don't want to talk, that's when she want to talk. You can't just tell her, get out your face, because you don't want to talk. And oh, oh, you're waiting for her, her to cook. Or for you to go upstairs, now you're ready. It don't work like that. It must be communion all across the board. Communion is not I get what I want whenever I want. It doesn't work like that. Communion is two people back and forth taking care of one another, preferring the other. That's how you commune with each other. Not one getting all what they want and the other don't get nothing except for just a little trinket. Don't work that way. Union and communion. We got to unite and become one and then we have to interact as one because then it doesn't make sense that the whole getting together and being one in union it doesn't make sense because it's, it's, it's one of the worst things for two people to become one but they don't function as one not good not good not good the sooner we as believers discover that we are but branches the better we will relate to the Lord Jesus. For we know our own weaknesses and confess our needs for strength. Lord, help us. Somebody need to say, God, I know I'm weak. I know without you, I can do nothing. God, I know I need you. For without you, I am nothing. Even though I'm ignorant to so many things that you're doing, even though I don't understand all that you have done and continue to do, I confess today, Lord, that I understand that without you, I am nothing. Without you, I can do nothing. Without you, I have no hope. Without you, I have have nothing. I need you, Jesus. Somebody ought to tell the Lord this morning that you need him. Somebody ought to tell the Lord today that you need him. Somebody ought to cry out to Jesus and say, Lord, I need you. I don't even understand sometimes how much I need you, but I know I need you. You don't even know sometimes how badly you need the Lord. It's okay. Sometimes we're ignorant to what, how badly we need God. It's okay. But if you hear this preacher today and tell, I'm telling you, that whether you know and understand or you don't know and understand, you need Jesus. 
He would not make the analogy with the branch and the vine to say, without me, you are nothing. And it doesn't translate spiritually. Since we are branches, branches cannot do anything on its own. In order for the branch to do anything, the branch must abide in the vine. A branch without vine running through it is worthless. It's useless. That's in the natural. Anybody know anything about gardening, about farming? You tell me. Look at a tree, whatever kind of tree, and you can tell when the vine is no longer a part of that branch. Because that branch started getting rotten. All right, here we go. Somebody can relate to this. If you was like me growing up, you probably can. And so I remember as a little kid in Jamaica, especially like Julie mango trees. If, 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 If you are just walking about and you see a tree and what we like to do, I don't know if all you like to do it, but I like to do it. Every time you see a, a branch hanging low enough, what do you do? Ah, oh. how many times you grabbed it and fell right on your back? Many times. Ooh. Boom. Because it was rotten. Why was it rotten? No vine in it. That's the natural. It wasn't connected to the vine. It was by itself. It was useless. It couldn't do anything. And so when we try to jump on it thinking it was something, it was nothing. Some of us might look like we're something. We're still attached to the tree. But if somebody try to jump on and swing, they're going to fall. How can I tell you? Or how can you tell? When we are abiding in Christ. Is there a special feeling when you're abiding in Christ? No. But there are special evidences that appear and they are unmistakably clear. For one thing, when you and me are abiding in Christ, we produce fruit. Uh, I got about I got about three. Amen. Amen. Yes, we do. I got three. All right, I'm going to keep working with you. Maybe I'll get the whole congregation before I'm done. The believer who is abiding in Christ has his prayers answered, experiences his love deepens. He experiences joy when you're abiding in Christ. This abiding relationship, it may be natural to the branch, but it's not really natural to us in Christ for how we've been. Bible says we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. So we, 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 are, we, we are drawn to sin because that's how we were born into this world. And so us abiding in Christ is not automatic. Abiding in Christ demands worship. Somebody say worship. Abiding in Christ requires meditation on God's word. Abiding in Christ requires prayers. Abiding in Christ, ready for this one, requires sacrifice. Abiding in Christ requires service. I say the 
this all the time. Women, you get married and never cook and see what happened with your relationship. I'm not saying you got to be the best cook and I'm not saying you got to cook every day. All I'm saying is that dude need to know his wife can cook and give him a meal. And if you don't bring the meal, sooner or later, there's going to be some problem in Denmark. Yeah, yeah, there, there will be some problems. Yeah, there will be some problems. And so you can't say, I'm in relationship with God, but you're not serving God. Because if you're in a relationship with a spouse and you don't do nothing for that spouse, how's that going to work? How's that going to work? I don't know why we keep taking God for granted like we do. I don't know why we keep treating God like, you know, he's some genie in a bottle. I don't know why we, we do God like that, like, oh, God, you just do. Listen, God is not taking spoiled children to heaven with him. God is the God that's going to raise his children the right way, not make them spoil. And if all you want to do is tell God, give me, give me, give me, my name is Jimmy, you won't get mature and you won't get to heaven because there will be no spoiled brats in heaven. Spoiled brats fall out and cry when they don't get what they want. Spoiled brats begin to stop and walk away with a mean attitude when they don't get what they want. Those people will not be in heaven. I'm not going to church today because this was a tough week for me. That's a bratty attitude. That's a brat. That's an immature child of God. I'm not going to church because I had a rough week. The more we abide in Christ, the more fruit we bear and the more fruit we will produce. The more fruit we bear, the more God prunes us. You think you're living for God and you're doing good? And all of a sudden, some stuff starts happening. You, man, God, why is this happening to me? It's called pruning. It's called pruning. He needs you to keep producing like you've been producing. So he's not mad at you. He's not trying to give you a hard time. You know who got pruned? Job got pruned. Job got pruned. He was living for God, serving God, doing all the right things. All of a sudden, he got to go through losing his family, losing all his riches, losing his cattle, everything. Why would God do that to Job? God, that's not nice. He was being pruned. Because if you go and look at Job, move forward, you will see that Job had more than what he started out with. He had more than what he had before. You will see his life was still glorious and blessed because the Lord was pruning him so he can bring forth much fruit. So as a Christian, when you got to go through, it don't mean God is mad at you. Doesn't mean God is upset with you. It might just mean he is pruning you. Or it might just mean he's trying to get your attention to get on track. Either way, it's all right. That's why it says in all things, give thanks. Because it could be a pruning that's okay. It could be him trying to get your attention. Get on track. Start serving me. You don't have much more time. If you stay out there, you're going to lose your life and you will not spend eternity with me. Get on track. Either way, it's all out of love, as I said at the very beginning. What God does to you and to me, it was done and it is being done in love. Not because he have an attitude with you. Not because he's upset with you. He is doing it out of love. 
But you still have to respond. You still have to respond. God cannot make you do anything. He's not going to make you respond. You have to choose to respond to God in faith and obedience. Listen to me. A machine can produce results. So can a robot or a robot. But it takes a living organism to produce fruit. If the organism is not living, it can't produce anything. It takes time and cultivation to produce fruit. A good crop does not come overnight. This is one of the reasons why I believe people struggle living for God in this day and age. Because our world is telling us everything needs to be quick, rapid. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And we come to church, I got saved today. Let's go, Jesus. I'm supposed to be a preacher. Let's go, Jesus. I'm supposed to be blessed. Let's go, Jesus. I'm supposed to get a nice big house. Let's go, Jesus. I need to get married. And we, uh, and that ain't happening. So we said, man, I don't know if that church really real. Then we start blaming on the church and all kind of stuff and we blame people because we didn't get what we want. But nothing in Christ is overnight. It takes time. It takes time. Let me finish up here. There are several kinds of fruit we bear. Several kinds of fruit we bear. This is all scriptural. If you want to go research it, I'll give you the scripture research it. The first kind of fruit we bear is to win people to the Lord. The first kind of fruit we bear is to win people to the Lord. What does that mean, preacher? It means when you become a Christian, you get into union with Christ. Now you must get into communion with Christ. And through you having communion with Christ, you're supposed to produce fruit. And part of the fruit that you produce is a instrument of God to be a witness to other people, to lead people to Christ. So one of the fruit that we must understand that we are supposed to produce is winning people to Christ. You can look in John 4, 36, Romans 1 and 13. That will give you the understanding. You ready for the next fruit? The next fruit we are supposed to bear is holiness. Got to walk away from the podium on that one. Because people didn't think holiness was a fruit. Uh-huh. Holiness is a fruit. That's one of the fruit we're supposed to produce. All right, I'll give you the scripture for it. And I'll read that one because you don't like that one. Romans 6, 22. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness. And the end, eternal life. When you, have, when you live a lifestyle of holiness, you will have eternal life. That's the scripture. That's Romans 6.22. What's the next fruit? Well, the next fruit we all know about in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, when the, the, the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, great, good gentleness, goodness, faith. Meekness, temperance, we know those things are supposed to manifest and those are fruit that we're supposed to manifest. Here's another fruit. Another fruit, praise. Ooh. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. 
that talks about us offering up a sacrifice of praise unto God, which is the fruit of our lips. Praise is a fruit that we're supposed to bear. The fruit of the spirit we're supposed to bear. Winning people to the Lord we're supposed to bear. Holiness we're supposed to bear. A branch united with the vine will always bear fruit. Every branch that is in union with the vine will produce fruit. Listen, not every branch bears a bumper crop. Just like not every field has a bumper harvest. But there is always fruit where there is a life of the vine. If there is no fruit, the branch is worthless. It is cast away and burned. As branches, we have this awesome privilege and responsibility to remain in him, abide in him, to have fellowship with him, to bear his fruit and to obey him. Listen. We may be tempted to take much fruit as the standard for comparing ourselves with others. That would be wrong. Because the vine determines how much fruit branches bear. Not the branch. You and I don't determine how much fruit we bear. The vine Jesus Christ determines how much fruit we bear. But just understand we need to bear fruit. It's not about how much of it. It's just that we must bear fruit. We got to look at our life and say, is my life bringing glory to God? Have my life influenced others to be saved? Is my life an example of discipleship? That's all we want to focus on. Because Jesus, ultimately, who is divine, he is the one that determined how much fruit is bearing. Now, I close with this. Understand this, church. As a branch, when you bear fruit, the fruit is not yours. I'm gifted in this. I'm a prophet. I'm an evangelist. I'm not saying God won't use you in those capacities. I'm just saying don't take ownership because you are a branch and you don't have no power and you can't do nothing on your own. So whatever is being done in your life, don't take any credit for it. A branch bears fruit. It's the vine that goes through the branch that causes fruit to be bare. You ready for this next one? The fruit is not there for the branch. Sister Wood, the fruit is there for others. So you as the branch, you're not supposed to be taking that fruit. You're a branch. How do the branch take the fruit? No, the branch bears the fruit. And others take the fruit. Ain't nobody using me. 
Ain't nobody telling me nothing because, I mean, God ain't saying we need to be stupid. We need to be Christians, but we can't be stupid. I'm not going to let nobody take advantage of me. You're a branch. Shut your mouth. You're a branch. If you're going to live for God, shut your mouth. You're a branch. You bear fruit, and others take off of your branch. Others take off of that bunch of the, the, the cluster that's on your branch. They take from it, not you. You dare to bear it. You know what you get out the deal? The vine that runs. You are getting the vine to run through you, and the vine nurtures, the vine nourishes, the vine keeps you alive, the vine gives you everything you need, all the nutrients. Why are you worried about the fruit? You got to get the fruit. No, you don't. You've got the vine that produces the fruit. You've got better than the fruit. We can't go around as Christians thinking that nobody's going to take advantage of us. And I got to be my own protector. This is why Jesus says, I will fight your battles. Vengeance belongs to mine, belong to me. What? Because he knows you're useless. And even when you think you can do something, you can't do nothing. You're just deceiving yourself because you can't do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. And so without him, you can do nothing. So when you think you're doing something, I'm here to tell you you're doing nothing. Because you really can't do nothing. And when you think you're doing something, unfortunately, you're just making a mess of the situation. But if you go to the source and say, Jesus, you are the source. And without you, this can't get rectified. Without you, this can't get fixed. Without you, this will not happen. You are the source. You make it happen. And I can't. So many of us miss out on the blessings of God. Because we never go to him in that manner to say, I can't, but I know you can. I am weak, but I know you're strong. I know that without you, I am nothing. I am totally dependent upon you. And if you don't work, God, then I'm, I have no hope. I, this will not work for me without you. And so that is how we need to go to God and stop being miserable and stop allowing our problems and our situations to frustrate us. You can't work them out on your own. You cannot work out whatever is wrong on your own. And God will not work quick like you want him to work. Just chill. When you go to him like I'm telling you today, according to his word, to go to him and pray about your situation, please don't look for it to happen tomorrow. It could happen tomorrow, but don't look for it to happen tomorrow. And when it don't, you mad and upset because you think it's supposed to happen right away. It takes time sometimes for these things to happen. All that God does, he does it on his own time. But we have to be content and comfortable in knowing that without him we are nothing. We can do nothing. We have to be comfortable and content to realize that only when he works in us can we experience what we need to experience. We have to be content with that. We cannot allow ourselves to keep getting frustrated because we think that this needs to happen and that needs to happen. How you know it's supposed to happen anyway? Remember, you're nothing. He's everything. He's the source. Let's stand. Living for Jesus Christ is all about union and communion. You can't go wanting communion and you haven't. 
come into union. And you can't just stay at union and never do communion. It takes union and communion for a thriving, Christ-centered, saved life. You can't do one or the other. It takes both. It takes both for us to give God glory and for us to experience the glory of God. Union and communion. Before you leave here today, why don't you take some time to talk to the Lord? If you feel like you need to get out of your seat and come and pray, you need to. God has spoken to many of you here today. But the Bible says this. If you hear the word and you didn't receive it mixed with faith and obedience, then the word is going to escape you. You ever heard about the sower that sow seed? There was one ground that received it and it started, it, the, 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 the plant shoot up right away. But then it says that the tares choked it out and boom and it died in no time. So as quick as it came up, as quick as it died. And what they said those tares was that came and choked it, the, 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 the analogy was we come to church, we hear the word of God. Word of God is rich. We get understanding. We said we're going to do something about it. We attempt to do something about it. But as soon as we get to home base, problems start. We get phone calls. We get text messages. We watch TV. Somebody come to our house with bad news. And all of a sudden, we forget the word of God because the problems start choking out what we just received. And there's no problem better than the word of God. That's stronger than the word of God. There's no situation that's, that's greater than the word of God. So when we allow all these things to choke out the word of God, when we allow all these things to interfere with what God has spoken to our life, we're going to lose out. Do not allow this word to escape you today because God wants to do something in your life. God has taken us someplace, but he needs for us to come in union with him and stay in communion with him. Communion must be an ongoing thing. If you have not been born again of the warden of the spirit, if you have not repented of your sins and get baptized in Jesus name, you got to not wait. Those of you that are online that are watching us, listening to us, you have to get baptized in Jesus name to get into union with him. You might have communion, and I'm not sure how much that communion is legit, but you can't have everything if you don't do communion, union, and communion. Remember I told you all, I'll go wherever I got to go to baptize people. I went to Florida to baptize people. I'll go to Australia if I need to go to baptize somebody. I don't care where I have to go because I'm serving God, not man. And wherever I got to go to help somebody receive Christ and get into union with him, I'm going. Because we have to start with the union. Born again, connected to him, have his spirit dwelling in us, and then we can begin to commune with him. There's a scripture in that same text in John chapter 15 that he says, if you ask anything in my name. People get frustrated with that text because they've been asking God for stuff in the name of Jesus, and they're wondering why it hasn't been done. Well, we think when he says, when, if you ask anything in my name, it shall be given or it shall be done. We think that that's just so it is. 
And so we say, we pray and we say, we pray in Jesus' name, and now we don't have what we're supposed to have, and we're frustrated. Well, you want me to tell you the secret? When you prayed, the vine wasn't flowing through you. You was disconnected from the vine. So you asked something that was kind of crazy. Because when the vine is flowing through you, you pray about the things that the vine is producing. When the vine is flowing through the branch, the branches don't go off and start wanting to produce. If you are an apple tree, you're not going to produce an orange. And sometimes we're praying for orange when we're apple. Because we're not connected to the vine. But when we get connected to the vine and we begin to pray, we're going to pray the things that work in unity, that works in accordance with the vine. And so the branch and the vine is in relationship, in communion. And so can you imagine? You can't be married and asking your spouse to go do something crazy. You're supposed to know your spouse, what they will do and what they won't do. Right? And so that's because you're in communion with your spouse. You are in relationship with your spouse. So when you ask them to do something, it's something that you both can relate to because you're in relationship. You're in communion. So you're not asking anything out of the ordinary. You're not asking anything that's crazy because you all are always talking. So you know what you will do and what she will do or he will do or whatever. You know what you do together. So you don't go asking anything crazy. So we go and ask Jesus for something crazy because we're disconnected from him. But if you're connected to the Lord, you will ask him something that works in one accord with your relationship with him. And guess what? That he will do. That he will do and you won't be frustrated. But if you want to be a reckless branch or a branch that's just, you know, doing your own thing. Yeah, you can ask whatever you want, but that doesn't mean it's going to be done. There's a reason why that text is in that whole scripture, that whole um, um, uh, chapter where it says that if you ask anything in my name, there's a reason why it's in there. Because it's talking about union and communion. And when you're unified and you have communion, you will ask things that the both of you are in one accord on. Let's lift our hands. Jesus, we love you here today. We bless your name, oh God. You're so good. You're so worthy. And Lord, we totally, totally understand that we're nothing without you. We understand, Lord God, that we cannot produce any good thing on our own, Lord God. It's only if the vine is dwelling in us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Today, Lord Jesus, I pray that the word will take root into our heart today, Lord God. And Lord, the vine will run through us, Lord Jesus. And oh God, we will begin to bear fruit that others may come and consume, that others may come and receive, Lord God. We want to be in one accord with you, Lord God. We want to be in union with you. We want to be in communion with you, Lord. I pray today in the name of Jesus that not one individual will leave this place the same way they came in, Lord God, but that every one of us will take heed to the word of God and take the word of God with us 
name of Jesus, because of the relationship, because of the communion that we have with you, Lord God. I pray that somebody today will yield, that somebody today will humble themselves and surrender and no longer, Lord Jesus, try to live this life on their own. But I pray that somebody will cry out to you and call on you today, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, I pray your touch today. I pray your touch today, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will open our eyes to see, Lord God. Oh, God, I pray that we will hear the voice of God today and that we will hear what the Spirit is saying unto us today and that we will take heed and do what you have commanded, Lord. Help us today, Lord Jesus, to walk by faith and not by sight, Lord God. I pray by the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus Christ that there will be deliverance, that there will be restoration, that there will be salvation and all the power of God will rule and reign in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, touch Trinity today. I pray your will to be done in her life. I pray the power of God will overshadow her, Lord Jesus. I pray the work of the Spirit, Lord God, in her life. I pray, Lord God, that she will hear today and take heed to the Word of God, and she will become a doer of your Word and not just a hearer only. I pray the power of God will transform. Oh, God, I pray for healing. I pray for healing. I pray that you will receive, oh God, oh God, your child, Lord Jesus, and restore and do a new work in her, Lord God. Will you do a new work in her, Lord? Will you do a miraculous work in her, oh God, that she will not be the same again? Let the Holy Ghost power move upon her. Let the Holy Ghost power strengthen her. Let the Holy Ghost power Heal her. Let the Holy Ghost power set her free. And I pray that you will draw her, Lord God, into the newness of life. That you will draw her, Lord God, into the power of your name. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch. Touch my brother, Lord God. Wisdom, Lord God. Ah, God has a plan for your life, Craig. God has a plan for your life. It's okay, let him have his way. It's okay, let God have his way, my brother. He's going to do it if you allow him to. He's going to do it if you allow him to. It's not according to your might. It is not according to your power, my brother, but it's by his spirit that he will do it. It's by the work that he will do in your life. God has called you, and God is doing a work in you. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. 
Let him have his way. Let him hear. <laughs> it's a fire of the Holy Ghost that will begin to burn in your spirit. You're going to feel the burn of the Holy Ghost in your spirit. You're going to feel the burn of the Spirit of God. And I'm here to tell you, that's God working it out. That's God purging you. That's God cleansing you. That's God calling you. That's God directing you. That's God speaking to you. That's God revealing to you what he's calling you to do. Jesus, we thank you today. Brother Craig, just go ahead and thank him. God loves you. God never gave up on you. God will never give up on you. God has a plan for you. He loves you so. He loves you so. Just go ahead and just receive the love of God today. Go ahead and receive the love of God today. Receive the love of God today. Oh, yes. You're his servant. That's you're his servant. Do so 
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I worship you, my God. I worship you, my God. I worship you, my God. I praise your name, oh great God. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. I say yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, my God. Yes, my God. Yes, my God. I say yes to your will. I say yes to your way. Well, yes, Lord. As you lead us, we will follow. As you lead us, we will follow. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Church, God is taking you. God is taking you. God is directing you. This is where God is calling you to be. This is what God is calling you to do. To bear fruit. To abide in Him. To walk in His presence. To have fellowship and communion with Him. Oh, this is what the Lord has called you. This is where He's calling you to be. This is what He wants from you. To abide in Him. To trust in Him. To commune with Him. To worship Him. To bless Him. To give Him honor. To give Him praise. Oh, God, we love you. Oh, God, we love you. We agree with you, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. Sing it, Sister Scarlett. Sing it, Sister Scarlett. Hallelujah. No word but holy. Holy. 